Jesus is waiting there with open arms for God's soul. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to God's house this day as we gather together to celebrate his grace, his goodness, another day that God has blessed us with. And this is the day that we will celebrate and rejoice in the Lord. We're still celebrating Easter. We're, in the, we're basking in the joy of an open tomb. We're basking in the good news that death has been defeated, that Jesus wins. And because Jesus beat death, you know you and I beat death too. So today, our whole theme is about a bodily resurrection, the good news that when we die, that's not the end, that when we die, it's the beginning of life everlasting in this place we call heaven. So today in our sermon, we're just gonna talk about heaven. What is heaven? What is heaven like? What will we do when we get there? I can't wait just to dig into the word of God with you and dispel some of the crazy ideas we have that we see on TV about heaven and really learn what the Bible teaches us about waits, what waits for each and every one of us. So I hope you have uh, an outline. You came, uh, you got an outline. Also, you can uh, um, 
download that outline on your phone or device today. If you don't know how to do that, there's a little yellow card out on, this, on the table you can grab that will show you how you can um, have that sermon outline on your phone. Then you can take notes, you can keep them for yourself, you can email it to a friend. There's a lot of cool things you can do there if you're working the outline online too. So feel free to do that if that flips your switch. Otherwise, you old school people can just take notes on paper. Or if you're really old school people, you can just listen. That works too. Um, all right, so before we dig in today, just a couple of thoughts. We're celebrating Holy Communion today, the gift of uh, the body and blood of Jesus Christ that is in with and under the bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins. So I look forward to being able to share that with you. Uh, if you believe uh, that that's true, and if you believe that uh, you're sorry and need forgiveness, you are welcome to join us at the table today. Uh, also, I want to just highlight our congregational meeting that's coming up on May 15th. Uh, we only have one annual congregational meeting. We do a lot of business that day. We'd invite you to be a part of that. Uh, we're going to be passing our new budget. We'll be electing our new board of directors. And speaking of that, there is an update on the nominees for the board of directors. Uh, again, on the table on the way out, if you want to see who the people are that have put their names forward to be elected to our three open positions, uh, you can get to know them. There's a little bio in there of who they are. That way you don't have to vote on a complete stranger. You'll know a little bit about who they are. So feel free to pick that up there. Uh, we'll also be talking about a capital campaign, about doing some growth and preparing as we celebrate our 75th anniversary this year and looking forward to the next 75 years. So a lot of wonderful state of the church report, things going on in our ministry that we'd love for you to be a part of. You can also participate on that thing online if you like. Uh, we're going to be doing a Zoom this year, so you can uh, be a part of it. You can even vote online uh, if you'd like. And if you're going to be a part of that online vote, make sure that your email address is correct in our church system, Alexio, uh, that you can get on on our website because that's sort of the key for us to validate who's voting, your email address. So make sure you have that square if that's what you're going to do. All right, also check out your announcement bulletin. There's interesting worship notes there about when is our last Wednesday evening service, when our uh, Sunday school, um, the last of our Sunday school stuff before we start our summer schedule. All of, that no all of those notes are available in your announcement bulletin, so make sure you're checking that out as well. And then the last thing I'd like to do with you before we uh, start our worship service is I'm going to ask Steve to talk a little bit about our Miss Eli Eliza, who is an angel who has been singing with us lately, and we just really want to officially welcome her. So Steve, would you share? Yeah, so some of you may have been noticing a new face up here over the last few weeks, and actually Eliza's been singing with us even before Easter, but um, since March 1st, she has entered into a worship leader internship uh, that will at least get us through the summer. And um, so I thought it would be a great time just to, now that things have kind of settled down a little bit after Easter, but you're going to be seeing a lot more of Eliza over the next uh, few weeks into summer and stuff like that. So if you get a chance uh, to come up after worship or over the next couple of weeks just to introduce yourself, uh, Eliza will be here to uh, help us lead um, our worship services for the next uh, couple months here. And I uh, just want to welcome her officially. So thank you. You guys are going to love her. I always say she sings like an angel, and her love for the Lord just shines when she sings. And isn't that what it's all about? We are blessed by all of you band folks, so thank everybody, all of you. All right, let's start our worship service. Would you please stand as we begin with our call to worship, and we begin with the Easter joy. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. 
Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you.
and he is alive. And we would not be alive if he did not rise from the dead. And that is why we praise his name. He freed us from the consequences of sin, which is death. But this does not mean that we do not sin daily. And therefore, because we do, we still need to confess to God. So let us confess our sin to the Lord as we read Psalm 38, 18. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Our sin holds us back from growing closer to God and following his will. But we can confess that we are sinners and surrender our will to God. We acknowledge our failures and give them up to the Father in confession. I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Friends, let's take a moment now for just some personal private confession, some time with the Lord to come with him with our fears, our worries, our sins and ask for that grace and forgiveness. Bow your head and spend some time with Jesus. Well, friends, you know, one of the things I love about coming to church is that we don't have to pretend when we're here. We don't have to act like we've got things all figured out and that, that we're um, not troubled or that we're not struggling with sin in our lives. We don't have to wear a mask or clean up our lives before we can come to God, but we can come just as we are with all of our sins and all of our failures, all of our brokenness, with all of our needs, and when we do that, we come to Jesus. He just loves on us. He just hugs us and says, that's all right, I love you still. And I died to forgive all of those failures and sins. And I died to give you peace and purpose and hope. And I rose again so that you might know that in spite of all of that, heaven is your home. So it is my joy and delight as one of your pastors to again remind you of this great truth that you are loved no matter what that Jesus died to forgive your sins. He rose again to guarantee you eternal life, and you are his. Let's go in that peace and joy of the good news of our love in Christ Jesus every day. Amen. Congregation may be seated. Yeah. 
Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, it is so true. In Christ alone, our hope is found. There is no other place to stand. There is no other place where we can go to find the forgiveness and the love and the grace and the hope of eternal life that is ours, but in Christ. Not our efforts, not our work, but only in Christ. In him alone we stand, in him alone we rejoice and give thanks this day. And in him alone, we sing our praises. In his name, we pray. Amen. Now we turn to the word of the Lord. And as we do so, we are continuing this Easter season, working through 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's that great resurrection chapter of the Bible. In this little section of 1 Corinthians, St. Paul tries to explain to us what happens to our bodies after we die? You know, in the NIV text, which we usually read here uh, at Faith, it uses words like perishable and imperishable, and it's not really very clear. So we're going to hear this word today from a different translation called the Message Bible. It's a paraphrase, but I think it helps us understand a little bit more the picture of what happens to our bodies when they're raised again new physical bodies. Here's how St. Paul explains it, 1 Corinthians 15. He said, Some skeptic is sure to ask, Show me how the resurrection works. Give me a diagram. Draw me a picture. What does this resurrection body look like? If you look at this question closely, you realize how absurd it is. There are no diagrams for this kind of thing, but we do have a parallel experience in gardening, you plant a dead seed. Soon there is a flourishing plant. There's no visual likeness between seed and plant. You could never guess what a tomato would look like by looking at a tomato's seed. What we plant in the soil and what grows out of the ground 
don't look anything alike. The dead body that we bury in the ground and the resurrection body that comes from it will be dramatically different. You will notice that the variety of bodies is stunning. Just as there are different kinds of seeds, there are different kinds of bodies, humans, animals, birds, fish, each unprecedented in its form. You get a hint at the diversity of resurrection glory by looking at the diversity of bodies, not only on earth, but in the skies, sun, moon, stars, all these varieties of beauty and brightness. And we're only looking at pre-resurrection seeds. Who can imagine what the resurrection plants will be like? Now this image of planting a dead seed and raising a live plant is a mere sketch at best. But perhaps it will help in approaching the mystery of the resurrection body. But only if you keep in mind that when we're raised, we're raised for good, alive forever. The corpse that's planted is no beauty, but when it's raised, it's glorious. Put in the ground weak, it comes up powerful. The seed sown is natural. The seed grown is supernatural. Same seed, same body, but what a difference from when it goes down in physical mortality to when it is raised up in spiritual immortality. And so we follow this sequence in Scripture. First, the first Adam received life. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. Physical life comes first, then spiritual, a firm base shaped from the earth, a final completion coming out of heaven. The first man was made out of earth, and people since then are earthly. The second man was made out of heaven, and people now can be heavenly. In the same way that we've worked from our earthly origins, let's embrace our heavenly ends. And this is the word of the Lord. And now Jesus is going to share what I think is one of the greatest promises of the entire Bible, how he will come one day to take us physically to the place he has prepared for us in heaven. Since these are Jesus' words, let's rise in honor to him as we hear from John chapter 14. Our Savior said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Well, if you want, now would be a good time to get the outline out, the sermon outline that you received when you came in or open up your devices and pull up the sermon outline that way. And you see that today I wanna talk about living bodily in our heavenly home. And I really wanna focus on this promise of Jesus. I printed it there on the top of your outline from John 14, verse three. He said, I will come and take you to be with me. This is a promise from Jesus himself that that day is gonna come when you and I close our eyes in death and the next moment of consciousness, it will be Jesus reaching out to take us by the hand to the place he has prepared for us in heaven. So I wanna talk about what that's gonna be like for us today when Jesus comes and brings us to heaven. What does that look like? See, I have this theory that we're a whole lot more interested in the things of this world on earth than we are in the things of heaven. And I don't know why that is sometimes. Maybe it's because, you know, it's the tyranny of now. <laughs> we're just so stuck in this earth and the existence and scratching out from day to day that we just get kind of caught up in things and we forget about the glory of heaven. But you know, I've got a an idea that's maybe more than that. I think it's maybe because we really don't understand what heaven really is and what heaven isn't. For example, there's so many crazy things that we see on TV or movies about what heaven is like that are not true. That's not in the Bible anywhere. For example, we, we see on TV that when we get to heaven that everything is sort of like really white there's no color in heaven. We, we're wearing white robes. Maybe you think when you get to heaven that you're gonna you know, have wings and a halo and sit on a fluffy cloud and play a harp for all eternity, right? To me, that's not heaven, that, that's hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, sometimes maybe our misperceptions of heaven sort of stop us from the excitement and the enthusiasm and the joy of anticipating what's waiting for us when we get there. So today I just really wanna to talk to you about what heaven is and what heaven isn't. So in your outline, you see we're gonna try and answer some questions that the Bible gives us answers to. What is heaven? Where is heaven? What is heaven like? How do we get into heaven? And what should we do while we're waiting for that day to come? Y'all ready to drill into it, everybody? Let's see what the scriptures teach us about the gift that waits for us, heaven. 
So let's talk with this. What is heaven? If you're filling in your outline, the first blank, you can write this. It's where God lives and rules. Heaven is where God lives and rules. In the Bible, heaven is called the dwelling place of God. Several places, heaven is called the house of God. 31 times in the New Testament, heaven is called the kingdom of God. So you just can't get around how heaven is this place where God lives and God rules. Second, on your outline, write this, heaven is a real place. It's a physical place where we'll be. It's not like some floaty nirvana kind of existence, some sort of feeling or a state of mind or a state of being, some kind of ghosty spiritual thing. It's a physical place. How do I know this? Our gospel lesson today, Jesus said, I printed this verse for you. He said, my father's house has many rooms. That's a place, right? If it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going there to, what did he say? Prepare a place for you, right? So heaven is where God lives and dwells and rules. And heaven is a physical place where we will go prepared for us And that's the third part that I love. This is my favorite part about heaven. It's designed for you. Write that in the blank. The third thing, heaven is designed for you. Jesus said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. That means heaven is not some generic Motel 6 where we'll all go hang out, right? It's it's designed for you. It's everything that you need to be perfectly at peace everything you need to find real joy and purpose and meaning, everything that you could ever want or desire, every need that you have will be fulfilled when you get to heaven because Jesus prepared this physical place just for you. All right, amen, everybody? This is what waits for us. This is the gift of heaven, the dwelling place of God, a real place prepared just for each and every one of us. So where is heaven? That's the next big question, right? Well, we're not exactly sure. The Bible doesn't say, but here's what you can write in your outline. It's out of this world, right? It is. Heaven is not here on earth. It's out of this world. It's somewhere. We don't know the location of heaven, but we do know the way to get there. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So while we don't know the location of heaven, we sure do know the way to get there, don't we? It's through Jesus and Jesus alone. So we'll get there. We just don't know where Jesus is gonna take us. So now let's talk about this. This is really what we wanna know, isn't it? What's heaven gonna be like? What's it gonna be like when we get there? You know, uh, you you can just imagine uh, something being so incredible, but have you ever had to try and explain it to somebody else? Sometimes the hardest thing to do is explain something that is so incredible that it took your breath away. How do you share that with someone else? Like um, maybe some of you know, my family has uh, season tickets for the Packers at Lambeau Field. My dad's two seats. There's one seat next to us that's um, a single seat. And whoever owns that seat sells it to a broker every year. So that means every game we go to, there's like a new person sitting at that seat who has purchased that ticket. And almost always, it's one person who will say something like, man, it's been a dream of mine. 
always once just to get to a football game at Lambeau Field, right? And I will never forget once uh, a fellow flew in from Alaska for this game and he's sitting next to me. He's like, I've always wanted to see a football game at Lambeau and it was a Monday night game. And it was a game when we all had these little like posters that we stuck up and everybody held up their poster and it just formed this beautiful American flag in the stadium. Have any of you seen any overheads of that, that picture of Lambeau like an American flag? And when we were holding up the flag and these, this flyover came over, I looked at the guy next to me and he was weeping. He was just crying and he's like, I'll never be able to explain this to anybody when I get home. <laughs> See, that's, that's the feeling that I think about heaven. It's gonna be so incredible. It is so amazing that we're never gonna be able to explain it. Look at the verse I printed in your outline from 1 Corinthians 2, 9. St. Paul said, heaven is, no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no mind can possibly imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. No matter what you think or no matter what you imagine, no matter what you hope heaven is gonna be like, it's not, it's better. We can't grasp it, St. Paul said. We'll never be able to understand the joy and the reality of heaven until we get there. But in the meantime, St. Paul and others in the Bible have given us some clues of what heaven is and what heaven isn't. Look at the bottom of your outline, right? Some of the things the Bible tells us we know is not in heaven. We know there will be no sickness there, right? We know that we won't carry any of the disease of the brokenness of our world into heaven. There'll be no heart disease, no cancer, no ALS, no dementia. There'll be no mental illness or, or, or any illness or disease. It's all gone. It won't be there. And we know that there'll be no sadness there. It says that Jesus will wipe away all of our tears. There won't be any need to cry. There'll be nothing missing. It, there'll just be joy. There'll be no suffering there. There's a verse in the scripture where it says that in heaven, we won't hunger or thirst and there'll be no scorching heat. It's just a symbol that there'll be nothing that causes us any pain or discomfort. We know there'll be no sin there. All of our hangups, all of the junk that we have in this world that we're trying to overcome, that all stays. That's all buried at the cross with Jesus. It, it doesn't go with us to heaven. And finally, there'll be no death. Our ultimate enemy, the separation of each other from each other, the separation from God, not anymore. That is all left behind with Jesus at the cross. And what will be in heaven? First of all, we know it's gonna be a crazy reunion. The biggest family reunion of all time. All people who have ever believed, who have ever lived will be gathered together, celebrating and rejoicing the gift of God. Those folks that you love who have passed before you, you'll see them again. Even those who haven't even died yet, those great, great, great grandchildren will all be together again someday when God gathers us in this family reunion called heaven. And when we get there, here's the thing, it says there'll be rewards. I'm not exactly sure I understand what that means, rewards. I know it's not about salvation. We're saved because of Christ. But when we get there, the things that we did on earth will be recognized. The good that we did to, to help others, the good that we did to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says over and over there are rewards in heaven. Jesus once said, whenever you give a cup of cool water to one of my disciples, there will be great rewards for you in heaven. So I'm not sure what that is, but it's gonna be good, right? There's reunion, there's rewards, there's responsibilities there. 
What I mean by that is we're not just gonna sit around on our heavenly couch for all day twiddling our thumbs. There'll be purpose. There'll be things to do that bring you joy and meaning. There's a reason for you being there. And there'll be rest. Rest from all of your worries and cares. Doesn't that sound good, everybody? And finally, there'll be rejoicing. Oh my, well, there'll be rejoicing. We'll worship together in heaven. We'll fellowship together in heaven. We'll celebrate together in heaven. We'll love on each other together in heaven. We'll rejoice together in heaven. And this gift waits for each and every one of us. This is the promise of Jesus. I will come to take you to be with me, he said. How does that sound, everybody? Pretty cool? Flip your outline to the backside, if you would. So how in the world are we gonna get there? What do we have to do to get this great gift? Well, you Lutherans know the answer to that, right? We are saved by grace, through faith, not by works that none of us can boast. It's the free gift of God given us in Jesus Christ. John 3.16 said it best, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We believe in Jesus Christ, we receive the gift of heaven and salvation. So how do we now live? Let's just kind of close this, this joy of heaven with this idea. What do we do in the meantime? While we wait for heaven and the gift to come to us, three things. First, don't be distracted by temptation. You know how easy it is to get caught up in things, to get distracted by the things of the world? Look at the verse from 1 Peter 2, 11. It says, you are only visitors here on earth. Since your real home is in heaven, keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They're not for you, for they fight against your very souls. So the first thing we do while we wait is we stay away from the distractions, the things that would turn us away from God. I just believe the mark of maturity is to be able to delay, to delay satisfaction, right? To delay pleasure, to delay satisfaction. And that's what we need to do in this world, right? We wait patiently for the ultimate satisfaction in Christ. So we are not distracted by temptation. Second, you can write this down, we're not discouraged by troubles. You know, as we move through this broken world, there's gonna be troubles, there's gonna be trials, but we don't let those things discourage us from what we know awaits for each and every one of us. I love the verse. This is why we never give up. These troubles and sufferings of ours are after all quite small and won't last very long. Now you might wanna just stop right there and you're saying, now wait a minute, you don't know, my troubles are not quite small. But what the verse is trying to tell us is that compared to eternity in heaven, compared to the celebration that we talked about that we will have for all time, no matter what we're facing now, is small. So I'm reading on. This short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever and ever. So we do not look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us, but we look forward to the joys in heaven which we have not yet seen. The troubles will soon be over but the joys to come will last forever. Can I just say that again one more time? That last verse is so powerful. The troubles that we face right now will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. So listen, I don't know what you're going through right now, but I do know this, that it's not gonna last. That's just a fact. No matter what it is that you're struggling with, no matter what it is that you're worried about right now, it's here for a short time. It will not last into all eternity. 
And doesn't that help? If you're struggling with something, doesn't it help just to know that it's not forever? It's just for a short time. And the second thing, I don't know what you're going through, but I know that God is gonna work through it to accomplish good somehow, some way for you and for others. No matter what it is, God is at work in it to accomplish his plan and purpose. And so if we can just keep this perspective as we wait, our troubles don't seem quite so bad. And then finally, the third thing, right? We're not distracted by temptation. We're not discouraged by trouble. And third, we focus our energy on the things that will last. Let's just stay laser focused on the things God has called us to, the things that are here today and will last for all eternity. And you know what that is? That's each other. Believers, we will live together forever. So focus on that. Focus on loving, focus on serving, focus on caring for what God cares most, and that's you and I. And along the way, we will find that peace and joy. So friends, what do you think about the gift of heaven? What do you think about what awaits us? And what do you think about the life we have to tell the world about it? All good news, amen? Amen. God bless you as you wait for that day to come. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, well, let's say thank you to God for the gift he's given us of heaven as we wait with our offerings. Uh, as the ushers come forward, I wanna thank you for your giving. You know, these are the gifts we use to lift up the name of Jesus in our world, and you are an important part of that, so thank you for your giving.
Gracious Lord, by your spirit, we know that we will rise from the ashes of defeat because the resurrected King is resurrecting each and every one of us. God, today we believe and trust the promise of Jesus that that day will come when he takes us by the hand to the place he has prepared for us, heaven. And we're not afraid. We're not worried about that. We're not scared that we haven't done enough or we're not good enough because we know that Jesus paid the price in full, that we have been forgiven. And because of your great love for us, we will spend eternity with you and the saints. So God, we thank you for the good news of the love of Christ for each and every one of us. Lord, we also today know there is good news for earth here in this world 
We pray that you would just bless those who are struggling with, with health issues this day and need your healing touch and, and your power and strength for courage. And so we lift up to you Pat Mitem for upcoming surgery, for Shirley Stevens, for Kathy Reith as she recovers, for Jane Geske, who just hasn't been feeling well lately, for Carol Betcher, who is in the hospital, for Aaron Cox in his surgery on Friday, for Steve's mom, Hazel, for her eye surgery, for Jacob Henning, who will have knee surgery this week, and for the many others on our ongoing health and healing prayer list, Lord, that they might be given the gift of healing and the power of your love. Lord, we also grieve today with the family of Barb Paul, who was called home to you. Lord, in their grief, we pray that you would give them hope of everlasting life, the promise fulfilled for Barb that, that you, Jesus, took her by the hand to the place you prepared. And Lord, let that be the hope that carries them through these difficult days. Lord, there's also so much we celebrate in this world. We rejoice with Dwayne and Jan Krause in 65 years as husband and wife. And we also celebrate with Bob and Joan Brinkman, 67 years together as husband and wife. Lord, may these couples and their long uh, lives together just be an example for all of us of the love that comes first from you and flows to each other. And finally, Lord, we want to lift up our annual congregational meeting on May 15th. We pray that the words we share, the prayers we offer, the decisions we make would be saturated by your grace and by your Holy Spirit, that our direction is your direction, that you lead us in the way that we should go as we continue to be blessed by you here at Faith Lutheran Church, our school and our child cares, to be a um, difference maker, to be light in the darkness of our world. So be with us in this meeting that in all things we give you glory, honor, and praise. So these, Lord, and all other prayers we offer to you in the name of Jesus, who himself taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the very night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This meal gives us such peace and joy. So take a moment now to share that peace and joy with one another before you are seated and come forward to the Lord's table.
position suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry then from north to south and east to west we'd hear Christ be
Well, friends, now may this true body and blood of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the true faith unto life everlasting. Go now in the peace, joy, and great forgiveness of your God. And as you go, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and forever give you his peace. Amen. Amen.